0: the flesh is weak honey and you can fall in love with the wrong parts of people sometimes
1: you don't normalize abusive power but we did Mm. I just worked with Leo DiCaprio and I got a call from my London agent saying hey you have to come and read for Cleopatra and I was like I'll be there tomorrow Hey, what up,
0: y'all? It's your girl, Vivica Fox. And welcome to an all-new hustling with Vivica A. Fox. We are going bigger and bolder. Your hustle's going to get an upgrade with the most surprising, exciting, and fabulous guests from all walks of life. You're in good hands, darlings. All right, now, come on in here. We're going to get our acting thing on today. I'm so <laughs> happy to talk to this lovely lady. My guest today is a glamorous international television and movie star. Fluent in not one, not two, not three, but four languages, y'all. Okay, four languages. My guest, Leonor Varela, has worked with the likes of Leonardo DiCaprio, Aston Kutcher, Wesley Snipes, and my boy, QT, Quentin Tarantino, just to name a few. She was born in Chile. She found a home as an actress and a model, which led to a huge career, which has spanned decades. She also has kept it real when it comes to life. This award-winning actress just wrapped the lead in the film La Vaca, Next up, she will shoot the lead in the Amazon film Lie to Me. And she's also developing This Is Not a Love song. She's here to share her secrets to a long, successful career and deep and lasting relationships with our loved ones. Please welcome to Hustling with Vivica A. Fox,
1: <laughs> Leonore. Hey, girl. Hey, love. Thank you for such a beautiful intro and, and for providing this space for us to chat and share with the, with the world. Thank you so much. I, I love being here. I know you're all about celebrating women and I love that.
0: Yeah, you're welcome, darling. Let me tell you, I already love you because your first name is my Zodiac sign, Leo I How am I not surprised that you're in oh, yeah. <laughs> that just tell me, rings why true. do you say that? I don't, don't know. <laughs> She's like, "That's why. Miss Leo lady. <laughs> so let's 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 take people back. because like I told you um in our pre-interview that, you know, this is all about celebrating your journey and your career. So tell us where you're from.
1: I was born in Chile um just mm. before there was a political unrest and and a coup d'etat. So my family um was exiled uh, from the political uh, difficulties and the dictatorship of Pinochet. Um, mm. so I very quickly grew up in exile. I, when I see all the news about, you know, the things that are happening to immigrants, I I, I, yes. I feel it very deep in my bones. And I, I truly understand what it's like to not be able to stay home or die sort of thing. It was it was sort of that situation with my family. So we 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 fled to Costa Rica first for a year. And then my father got a, a position at the University of Denver teaching. And then that led to my first eight years in Colorado. And then Back to Chile, and then we moved to France, and then um, my dad got different grants, and we would go and 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 live in different places, and then Germany, and then. So I kind of grew up traveling a lot, hence the languages. Yeah. Always being displaced, always being a foreigner, always being an immigrant. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's truly, I think, my identity. People are like, "Where are you from?" I'm like, "I'm from Chile," because that feels like my my ground my earth my ocean my mountains yes Mm. that's the place that just makes me you know gives me the tingles inside but I've been living in 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 LA for I don't know I'm in like more than 20 years so it feels like home too so I I, I feel like a displaced immigrant really is what I am (laughs) Well, speaking of immigrants,
0: I, I want to go back to what you said that you can so relate that now when you turn on the news and you see, you know, the immigrants mm. uh, having to go through, you know, gosh, living under like horrid conditions. I mean, like mm-hmm. I never thought I would see anything like this in my life, to be very mm-hmm. honest with you and and to you know, see it where for African-Americans, it reminds us like slavery with them cracking the whips and chasing them down and this. this. Now you are a child um, mm-hmm. as a refugee. What impact did that have on you as a child?
1: Truly, as a, as a, as a baby in diapers, I don't fully remember any of it, but mm. I do remember and I still have that sort of gut and knee jerk reaction when I see uniforms and military. Ooh. I, I, I cross the street. I, it like intrinsically scares me because my experience from my parents, what I inherited from them is the fear from um, the armed forces uh, wow. because they were oppressors. My grandfather went missing one day, they picked him up, they tortured him and we never saw him again. Um, he was murdered and, and went missing one of the many that went missing. Um, so, so the impact I feel is not, it's very indirect. It's through my parents. It's how they experienced the loss of their loved ones and the the, the repression. Now, uh, you know, living here and living in the US, I've, I've really come to become more friendly with the police armed forces and identifying them hopefully more as allies. But it's not my first reaction. I'm usually very cautious. First of all, mm. on men in general, mm. <laughs> because well, because society as as women, it's just, you know, when do you walk in the dark feeling safe? We just uh-huh. don't. Okay, we don't. You know what I mean? Just we, Absolutely. Don't. we don't have we do not have that privilege. So my
0: head is always on a swivel. And I always tell young ladies that that when you're out at night, your head, if you're alone, your head needs to be on a swivel, you need to be on your phone, you need to always be cautious. And it's unfortunate for women that it is
1: like but it's, that. It but it's it it hopefully will no longer be like that. And I like the conversations that are taking place today. And I don't mean Mm. to hijack this conversation into feminism, but I truly believe that it's a privilege that we also should have. Mm. that it's not meant to be this way. Always like we have learned fear of men. We have learned fear for our security, for our bodies because we're so easily um, the target of aggression. Mm. And, and it's just something that it's, it, I don't know. I have a sense of injustice and a sense of like feminism. Maybe it's inherited from this trials that my family went through, but I yes. just think it's something that needs to be talked about and not normalized. It is yes. not normal that we Absolutely. need to be afraid as a woman. It is not normal that a man can go out at night and we'll not think about it twice and we're like on the phone, head on the swivel, yep. like always aware with our dog, with the pepper spray, with the keys in the hands, like <laughs> You dropped all of their keys like- and they roll up
0: on you, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah of that. So now I want to go back to, you said about your grandfather, that your grandfather was picked up and tortured and killed. Did you all find out what happened to him or he just went missing and you assumed that when you never saw him again, that he was killed?
1: the letter, yes mm. the he's one of the many that went missing and, and and my grandmother carried this burden for you know the last 50 years of her life is like where is my husband and that oh. feeling of not knowing what happened to your loved one is 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 is, is it I don't even know there's no words it's inhumane. Yeah. yes um, so we later found out through a testimony from somebody that had been a a cleaner in the facility that they were tortured that he had been there that what they had done for him and where they had supposedly dumped him mm. um many were dumped from helicopters into the ocean oh, um Lord. oh yeah Us wow. humans, we do some weird things to one we another
0: rip- yeah <laughs> <it's sad. laughs> we sad. do in, in the way of thinking that it's okay to do it that you rip loved ones from their families that you destroy families, that women don't get to see their husbands again, that children don't get to see their father again, all Mm -hmm. in just the uh, thing of like, oh, okay, I can do it. I always find that to be so cruel and uh, sad. And
1: I just just would hope that we never get comfortable with dishumanization. I hope we never get comfortable with the idea that one human being or one race or one political party would have this right to inflict upon others that sort of torture or 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 pain i hope we never get comfortable with with the kids being torn apart from their families at the borders i hope that we never get comfortable with you know with immigrants not having asylum when they when they really look for it
0: can i tell you the beauty of everything now is that that camera don't lie
1: oh man yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Those Haitians, man, Karen- on horseback right? Yeah. those webs. We are yeah. all like very quick to find out about it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. That I mean, that's the beauty for our children now that things are being exposed a lot quicker than what they were. They could all lie and make up a story and say this happened or just not care and not say anything, you know. That's so yeah, yeah but that camera don't Very lie true. yeah but I want to yeah. talk a little bit more about your family because you said yeah. you said you guys family were were globetrotters <laughs> yeah. going all over the place yeah. uh, but you ended up in all places Colorado
1: yeah as a child uh, yes yes how did that happen um my dad was a scientist and and I think it was just what? a matter of like with all was of a, that going on a scientist it's one of the reasons why he was persecuted because he was, you know, an intellectual. So anybody who thought was a risk or threat, you know what I mean? Beyond their political wow. beliefs. So, um, he was a brilliant mind. Um, his, he had all of his books here with a dilemma and, and science and he, he, yeah, he was, talk he about was, inc- he was incredibly, um, interesting and interested and he just got a tenor at the university to teach, and he's like, "I'll take it. Like, let's just like move forward with life." And um, and so yeah, that led to a beautiful childhood in Boulder. I gotta say, growing up as a kid in the '70s in Boulder was a okay. It was pretty <laughs> fun. <laughs> I,
0: I love loved that.
1: it. It loved it. it. Was so
0: safe and like just. How strange. did he get so educated if you guys were? You know, like immigrants. Where did he pick? Was he just a genius? Did, where did he pick up that intelligence?
1: You know, my grandfather would always wonder. Um, but my dad got a grant to go to Harvard and graduated at 23 years old uh, wow. from Harvard. Just very, very, very brilliant, brilliant mm-hmm. mind. So um, so yeah, just a grant, just merit, merit. Uh- I love it. Good to hear that. Now you were saying something about the books there that are are, are
0: with you. Do you mind picking up a couple of them and share them? Um, the Dalai Lama. I mean, you know, that okay, connection so, with your father is just out of sight. I have
1: some of them. I have some of them in French. Um, This is a good one too. It's called Destructive Emotions. It's um. Okay. It's also with Dan Goldman. It's from the Mind and Life Foundation they they created. Um, and this is one of my personal favorites. It's called Sleeping, Dreaming, Dreaming and, and dying.
0: dying. Wow. Now yeah. tell me the connection with your father and the 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 Dalai Lama. I mean, who is just like, come on. It don't get no bigger than that, girlfriend. Um, well,
1: my dad was, um, was a scientist who was also a Buddhist. And he bridged these oh. two worlds in the early 80s. And all of a sudden, they created this... Um, Place of conversation, this place Mm. of a a think tank, if you will, of how because the dilemmas is very educated and curious also in science. So they would go like, well, let's talk science, let's talk Buddhism and sort of finding the overlap between um, understanding how the brain works under meditation and the concepts of quantum physics and the concepts of Buddhism, philosophy wise and the intercross of these two disciplines. And that kind of bled into all disciplines, whether it be psychology, linguistics, and and sort of because it touched on the brain, on learning. I don't want to get too technical about it, but it's Mm. um, truly, truly fascinating because he was also very much ahead of his time. We're talking in the 80s here. Yes, totally ahead of his time. (laughs) Like now you're like, oh,
0: have a TED Talk so we can hear all about it. You know what I mean? But now is this true that the Dalai Lama has a picture of your father in his
1: bedroom 20 years after he passed away he he calls him his spiritual brother and it just warms my heart it's special yeah that
0: makes me that just fills my heart because I hear like myself you're a daddy's girl
1: yeah yeah my dad (laughs) let me tell you that yeah of course
0: my dad was my hero my dad was The first man I love with most girls, but me and my dad had a a really amazing relationship. Mm. He passed away about five years ago, but I miss it's okay because no more suffering. And Mm. he loved us and we loved him. And before he passed away, he always like, I know my children love me and I love you guys. So there's, there was peace. That's wonderful. You know, so that I have that. That 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 peace with him passing away, no more suffering and that he's looking down and he's proud of of his of his baby girl. Like, I'm sure your daddy is very proud of you. (laughs) And, um, you know, like I I have this girl that runs my fan page and Mm -hmm. she gifted me um, a a hand painted picture of my father and I. Girl, it's everything. For me just not to break down an ugly cry like, because, <laughs> you know, that's just how much it is. That's just yeah, how much. To you. Yeah, I, mm. I love I love my daddy. So we've got mm. that in common besides mm. some other things that your daddy's girl and you've worked with Quentin mm. Tarantino. We both have worked with them. So we're going to mm-hmm. share things we have in common. That's why I said okay. I'm here to celebrate you because it's good, wonderful to meet another powerful, centered talented woman who we can enlighten, enlighten other brown girls. And like you said, and other immigrants, let them know that look, you know, you moved all around and now here, decades later, you've worked with the best of the best in Hollywood. I mean, that's just a mm. dream come true. So we're here yeah. to inspire and enlighten others, you know?
1: That is so important. I think yes. as, as humans, that's what sort of what we really strive for. It's like give meaning to our life by sharing, by connecting in a meaningful way. Yes. It's, it's a word that I, that I really use as sort of my North Star, like that connection, like in your vulnerability, can you find the courage to connect, to share? Because you never know who's listening. Mm-hmm. And you never know who can truly be touched and inspired by, by, by it. by if you share honestly without fear of sounding stupid or being vulnerable because... We can all present our perfect selves on Instagram, but truly, those are (laughs) not. And it's great. And that's great. But But it's so fake sometimes. sometimes. But the places where we are actually touched by one another are when we're vulnerable, when we're raw, when we're honest. So Mm. I love that. I love that, that you have this space. I think it's so important.
0: Yeah. So another thing we have in common is Paris. Do I love Paris. You <laughs> um, you were in Paris at 13 years old and that's mm-hmm. where you found your artistic voice. Do you care to share yeah. that story with us?
1: So we got to Paris when I was 13. I just turned 13. And um, mind you, you know, they changed schools with they changed me school like six or seven times, four languages. Mm. And I was like, you guys do whatever you want this is home for me. Paris is my city. Cause I walked out of the subway and I was like, wowed by the beauty yes. of the architecture. Proportions are so human. When you're walking the street, you feel like you're part of it. You're not crushed by it, but you're mm. just lifted all these boobies on the free and the just yes. mind. Everybody was so free in there. I felt so liberated and so mm. easy and cool. And, um, I don't know, I just started playing guitar and started taking dance lessons and you know went to a French public school that was so um they would teach philosophy it just really fed my soul and my mind in a way that um inspired me to 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 find the arts as a way to express them to and to be and to make a living. I was scouted in the street to model and and I could make a living modeling and doing
0: did that weird surprise jobs. you? Did that surprise you?
1: kind of um Kate Moss had just become sort of a superstar and so I was like oh I guess you can be a model if you're not like seven feet tall and like, yes, I'm five six does. you know mm-hmm. so I'm mm-hmm. proportionate but I'm 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 a petite girl and so I was like oh I guess this is okay but it 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 was truly through acting that I found myself to be more happy than than mm. just the 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 modeling in in And I do still love modeling and I'm super Mm -hmm. grateful to it because it's brought so much, um, abundance into my life and I'm very grateful for it. But it's, it's through acting that I, that I found the joy of self-expression and art and creativity and connection and discovery with someone else. And that's, that's, um, there was great theater and opera and I was exposed to all of that, um, and I, and I, and I still love it and, and miss it dearly as much as I miss the croissants. I mm. just really do.
0: Oh my God, man, you have so many things in favor. First of all, I was discovered modeling, which then now I'm so glad that I can't ask because at least I can have a croissant. <laughs> Who cares, right? <laughs> Put some butter on it as a matter of fact. <laughs> but that's oh, one yeah. of my and favorite yeah. type of bread. Yes, it's one of my favorites. Um, and, but I was discovered. Kind of like you were as well too. On the street. Uh, it was just, uh-huh. Yeah, on the street just in Los around. Angeles, Sunset uh-huh. Boulevard, discovered uh-huh. by a producer by the name of Trevor Walton. Um oh, wow. yeah, who then got me uh, my agent and da-da-da-da-da. So modeling then led to acting for you.
1: Um not really. I, I went to theater school. I went to the the de oh. Paris, the French conservatory. So mm. I, I studied acting while I was modeling and sort of I was independent at a very young age because of I, I was able to support myself. Mm. And then modeling sort of got in the way of me being able to 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 dedicate myself a little bit more seriously to studying acting. Mm-hmm. So I would I would um because I spoke multiple languages, I could bartend on a fancy boat and make a lot of money on an evening. And I, you Mm -hmm. know, presented myself well, and then you'd get good (laughs) tips. So I would just pay for whatever I need to pay, like work in two, three days. And so that, that allowed me to be a little bit more focused on the acting. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I just started booking jobs. I don't know. I got my first, my first job was a video for sting and it was called, <gasps> let your soul be your guide. I was my very first in front of the camera what was? I that wanted to like? ship myself. Okay, oh my <laughs> like, God, girl, let me tell you something, Sting, staying mm, mm. uh, Sting 1980, mind you, like yes. Sting at his Sting. finest, at yes. His most, yes. Yes. And he, was, and he was, I just remember a, a human being that was so gracious. So sweet, so kind. I was I like just like wiping the drool off my face.
0: <laughs> you get it why he's a rock star, huh? Mm-hmm. Yes, you know, like some rock stars, they just have that thing. It's magnetic and yes. undeniable. You know, yes. once again, that camera don't lie. You that got camera it, or you don't know. Lie. Yeah. <laughs> so now yeah. I hear that theater, that theater uh got you a lot of great roles.
1: Well, the thing is, my, my dad would take me to the opera at an early age and would take mm. me to theater. And, and in Paris, there was this one particular theater that was, um, that was, if you guys don't know this, please check it out. It's called uh, The the Empty Space by Peter Brook. And he created this theater that was an old theater, but empty. Mm. Huge, old, dilapidated, beautiful. And, and you would sit in the audience and you had the most eclectic group of racial um, actors. People. Oh, actress. Japanese, oh. black, um, from the Netherlands, South American, from everywhere, from around the world. And that was his troupe of actors that would perform classic pieces like The Tempest of Shakespeare, which is one that really like struck me. And I was so transported by the beauty of imagery that was created with these all these different faces. And I was like, I, I can relate to that. It's so important representation in that sense. Because you, I, mm. I could see all these different cultural, not just the blonde French, you know what I mean? I mm-hmm. could see all these races acting out all these different parts. Wow. And I was transported to a place where I was like, I want to make people feel what I'm feeling right now. Because this is mm. magical. This is magical. Is it so still I, there? So I, I started... Well, Peter Brook has passed away. He has oh. multiple, multiple books. I think Empty Space would be the one that I recommend anybody in acting have a look at because it's truly inspiring and so current still to the state. Um, but I think it's still there. I'm not sure. Mm. I'd have to go mm. back and tell you.
0: Yeah. I Let's love rendezvous it. in Paris. <laughs> oh, I love it. I'm, I'm hoping to go there soon. I miss it. Yeah, I have a friend now that's uh, French, and he, some, he speaks sometimes, and I just I'm like, you a know. Friend, it's a friend, <laughs> what, what friend, what kind of friend, friend? It's Are a friend, friend. friend, or, friend. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's another so reason why I love Paris. Yes, it's a city of love, and it's just like, I don't know, the language to me just always kind of makes me just...
1: But, mon ami, moi, je veux parler français quand tu veux. See? See? Oui. I'm, I'm about to melt oh, right d'amour. in this chair, y'all. Yes. Yes, you already
0: know, girl. <laughs> so, listen, I want to get to acting, some more acting roles, because you had a, a a breakout role. Cleopatra. What? Mm. Cleopatra? I can what see a it. It be A beautiful Cleopatra. Look at that bone structure. Yes, tell me Thank about you. that.
1: I know, man, it was kind of a crazy, I don't, you know, these castings, you, it's so weird. Like you, you have to be in the right place at the right time and mm-hmm. just sort of your soul calls in this part and it's yours. And, you know, that's sort of what happened. I, I was, I was, I had started acting in, you know, as, as we discussed in Paris um, and I traveled a little bit to Chile to shoot. And then I was back in Paris. I just worked with Leo Uh, and i and i got a call from my london agent saying hey you have to come and read for Cleopatra." and i was like i'll be there tomorrow (laughs) are you kidding me (laughs) on my way i read the the script in the eurostar because you take the train underwater and it's brand new so i was like in the train reading the script and i got to the audition there was another girl um beautiful girl And I don't know, I think Cleopatra took possession of me because I did something that I would never do.
0: What was it?
1: Oh, he's like, well, you guys can go prepare in these two rooms and then we'll, you'll read the sister because Cleopatra had a sister called Arsinoe and Arsinoe and and, and wanted to take away the throne. Anyway, so we were both going to exchange roles. We were going to both read Cleopatra and then we were both going to read Arsinoe Mm -hmm. at different Mm -hmm. times. So I went and I knocked on her door. I was like, knock, knock. I was like, do you want to run lines? And she's like, oh, of course, yeah. So I was like, okay, let's run lines. And I ran lines like all like this, like super shy and like reading my lines, like giving her nothing. The trickery. The trickery. I love it. Okay. <laughs> it's so not me. I'm telling you, I got possessed. And then... Oh. And then the moment, so she started doing Cleopatra, and the moment came around where I, it turned around, and I got to be Cleopatra, and I let the fire rip from my guts, and I was like, Bruh! "Oh my gosh!" She probably was trolls, like, "Who
0: is this?" And she was like, "Oh my
1: god!" I ate her up alive. Well, happens. So obviously, I I got I got the part, and she got cast as the sister because she was also excellent. So oh, okay, no, so it was perfect.
0: Was, yeah, yeah, so it was, it was perfect.
1: perfect. But it was one of those things is like, I just felt like I got possessed by her and I, I just wouldn't do that today. I just think it's kind of very ballsy of me. Yeah, <laughs> but you <laughs> want, you know, sometimes it when, yeah, when you
0: want to roll, it's like by, all, by any means necessary. Yeah. yeah, I
1: mean, I feel a little guilty. But at the same time, I don't, you know. Yeah, I, was I don't, say, know. don't feel guilty. I'm sure you killed it, yeah? I really feel like it was a role for me and it was yes. meant to be and it you know it brought so much to my life mm. it, w- it really helped me um expand my career I had never considered Los Angeles as, as a goal it wasn't sort of a thing that I had in mind and I came to LA to promote this with a suitcase for I was going to be here for two weeks and 21 yeah. years later here I am so wow
0: now you had billboards on some on Sunset Boulevard. Another thing we got in common, Times Square. Okay, you know. yes, and then it just completely brought your life to mm. L.A. Correct, but at yes. first it, it was a little lonely for you because you didn't have family around. And so, how did you adjust?
1: It was hard, honestly. Mm. Um, it was a it was a difficult and conflicted time in my life because, as you as you mentioned, I didn't have anybody here. Um, I didn't know LA. It was very foreign to me. I, I came from Paris. Like walking the streets, I didn't even drive. I really was like Ugh. out of my element in LA, and I and I didn't really understand. It was too, it was a lot of fame very quick, and it it was difficult for me to process. I moved to New York for a year because it was too much for me. I I just LA was. I felt, yeah, I felt that you I felt.
0: Wait, I find that so fascinating that you felt la was harder than new york because i feel just the opposite i go to new york now and i'm like oh this is a lot you know, can not wait lot. to get back to la
1: you know yes but you have to remember there is a more multi- multicultural friction with I, there's french cafes you can go have a baguette and the croissant in new york much more easily oh, than yeah, you can in la yeah. i found some sense of similarity to paris which was my groove in New York, it only gotcha. lasted for a year. When I was like, <laughs> I, I was broke. I ran out of all my money, and I had to come back crawling to LA to please. Because let me tell you, it is expensive to live as in a New mug York. in New York. I know, yeah.
0: I know. Trust yeah. and believe that. I heard that one of your billboards was so beautiful. That Harvey Weinstein saw you and was like, "That girl right there, let's get in touch with her."
1: Yeah, I got offered yeah. a picture deal mm-hmm.
0: with yeah, and not only that, not only did he want to get in touch with, he wanted to offer you a three picture deal.
1: He was trying to put you on lockdown, girl. I got, I signed a, 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 a with my agents at the time with Endeavor. I signed a three picture deal with Miramax. And um, they flew me to New York, meet, and um, you know, I and, and I was like, great. I mean, I guess I'm staying in, a, you know, in, in, in the U.S. And I and I shot a Western with them. It's called Texas Rangers. Like a bunch of really fun actors and gorgeous had great guys. Yes, quite a yeah, few gorgeous guys. Tell, tell us a
0: quick tell us a quick quick thing about the, the co-stars real quick. Yeah, Usher,
1: Ashton Kutcher, uh, Usher, Ashton Kutcher, James Vanderbeek, oh. Dylan McDermott, oh. um, Rachel, Rachel Lee Cook who's also just adorable and um Patrick um I forget. He,
0: was it Patrick Dempsey? No, or no, or no, I Nor- worked no. with
1: Patrick Dempsey on something else. Um, oh, okay. Terminator Patrick. Um
0: uh, <gasps> Oh yeah, was it the blonde one, the main one? Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. yeah. I don't okay. know what's last yeah, name, but I know you talk about. Okay, you okay. know what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And it was it was a great experience, but they're like, well, you got to go to dinner with the with the producers, and I was like, I'm not comfortable. I I don't know. I feel weird. I just I'm not comfortable going. And my agents were like, well, you have got to go to dinner. I was like, no, I don't have to go to dinner, and I'm not gonna got to go to dinner. I'm just wow. not. Wow. Um, and I didn't go to dinner with the producers with the with the Weinsteins and then and then yeah. goes my contract. <laughs> and they never hired me, And they never hired me again. The contract left? Because I you- mean, they just didn't use me. They just didn't, uh-huh. you know, decide yeah. to rehire me and put me in something else, which is their prerogative, of course. They were not in breach of anything. But it just goes to show you how the system and how they worked. Like if you didn't play by the Rules of their game, mm-hmm. which, as we know now in hindsight, was disgusting, revolting, mm. yes. repelling, and all the words that I can't even put together, but just wrong of abuse right. of power. They, you know, they just, never but you, but again. You, you
0: trusted your gut.
1: What in your gut made you say no? I didn't feel safe. I Ooh. just simply and plainly as that, it just made me feel uncomfortable. I was like, I don't, I don't want to be here. I just don't mm. want to be here. And I've really learned to trust that instinct as a Good as a woman, you. because we have to navigate so much. We've had to, especially our, our generation. I mean, I, I look at my, my friends that are actresses that are in their twenties and thirties, and I'm like, you are so blessed because you don't normalize abuse of power, but we did mm. because that's what we grew up with. And so there was something that I've always had this and I, I don't know what I owe it to, but just a sense of being able to step back when necessary for my well-being, for my mental health and for my well-being and all the hardships of my life. I feel like hustling hard also means self-care. Yes. It also means being able to be true to yourself and authentic. And if you don't feel safe, even if you feel you might risk or lose something, then you got to gotta go by that. I don't know. If it anything go. would have happened to me or not, but I know that to be true to myself at that moment, I wasn't comfortable being there.
0: Good. I'm glad that you had the strength to say no, because then you went on to do Blade Two with Wesley Snipes, who. Oh my God! If you ask me, he just stole <laughs> coming. He just stole coming to America. Every time Wesley was on camera or on the screen, your eyes just went to him. You know, he's just another one. So he you know, a
1: fine specimen. Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: Now tell us about mm-hmm. the role that you played in Blade too.
1: I played the re- lead role on the on the daughter of uh, Demaskinos, who is like the ultimate baddie, um, and we're sort of vampires, but we're breeding a new type of vampires. So. I'm the princess, and then of course I meet Blade, and then sort of we have a sort of a thing, and then sort of I help him obviously save the day. Um, it 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 was a very fun role. I'd never really done an action movie, and the director of that one is called Guillermo del Toro, who <laughs> is the most amazing Mexican director. I mean, you probably know him from from The Labyrinth of Faun and from his many many movies. He's just an incredible talent. That has now risen to to international stardom, but at the time, you know, he was making his way and entries into Hollywood. So I got very lucky also to work with a director that really felt like somebody that I had an affinity to. Um, And yeah, it was it was quite the experience. I mean, being part of a big Hollywood movie like that, Uh it was it was was a lot. It was heavy. It was a lot of work. Night shoots in Prague for months at time. Prague. Wow, was it cold. It was freezing and it was <sighs> dark all the time. We were like yeah. literally vampires living by night, living by night, all the time, all the time. Like, I know those dark, night man. shoots are brutal. It's like, it kind of I'm takes like, you a while I to readjust. <laughs> yeah, you feel
0: like, I, I will take my son. <laughs> now you continued acting constantly. And then in 2013, you got mm. married. You mm. found your king. How did mm. you meet?
1: we met um in Buenos Aires he's from Argentina uh, mm. I was shooting a Pantene commercial and he was shooting a movie and a friend of ours who's a Colombian director was like hey we're in town hey let's meet up we're like yeah sure I was like I got nothing better to do and um <laughs> take me out to dinner by all means but I thought he was gay I thought his you, hands were you, flopping. He was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. He was so nice. And he gave me zero vibes. He was just nice. So it wasn't was love at first sight? No. Not it at was all? friendship. But it was like connection, like friendship, like laughing and having a great time. And then the next day he's like, oh, let's go out for lunch. I was like, okay, sure. I got time before my flight. And then he put his hand on the small of my back. And oh. I was like, Mm. Oh. Mm. oh my the chuck uh-huh. up my spine, my flags went up, my hair was like, oh, but I have missed the situation. <laughs> <laughs> What's his name? Wants me. His name is Lucas. Lucas. Yes, Lucas. Yes, yes.
0: So now, so it was love that second time that you kind of went, hmm.
1: Day two, day two, day 2 were yeah, like, but oh. you were leaving. You were leaving I though, right? Leaving. I was leaving. I was shooting. Um, a TV show called Dallas, the reboot. I was shooting it in, yes. in Denver. And I was like, okay, bye. He's like, okay, bye. And you know, back at the time, it was Blackberry Messenger. Do you remember that? Yeah, of course I do. <laughs> <laughs> Blackberry <laughs> Messenger one time, two times, 10 times, 20 times. We were just messaging all day long. Then we were like on Skype and they would be like falling asleep together on Skype. Two months later, and that's why I say it became friendship before it was intimate, which is such a lovely way to get to know somebody. Agreed. So The
0: flesh is weak, honey, and you can fall in love with the wrong parts of people sometimes. Trust me, I've done so it. That is so
1: true. <laughs> that is so true. I am guilty too. I totally me, have the been there. The flesh is
0: weak, honey. But you, when you get older, you're like, no, I'd really kind of like to know you to make sure I like you as a person.
1: Yeah. Right? And that we're compatible and that we agree that our ethics yeah. mesh and that we want the same things. And so yeah, so, so so I think it was actually 2010, um, 2011 that we met. Mm. We've been together for 10 years.
0: Wowzer. So how long after you guys met, then did you get married?
1: Well, we got pregnant first with my oh, son. Because okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, okay. I really wanted to be a mom and I was 37. And I was like, this is the time is now. Um, mm-hmm. And I was very honest with him. I was like, listen, I, I, this is what I want in my life right now. I, I want to be a mom and, and this is important to me. And and so, if you don't want it, it's okay. But this is what I want. And he was like, let's do this. So, we know. Can I tell in. you
0: something? You're lucky you found that guy because I was at that part in my life too, where my clock was ticking. And I was like, I want to be a mother. Mm-hmm. And for me, unfortunately, it, it didn't work out. You know what I mean? That right before we were going to get married and do the right things, that it just, yeah. so i'm happy for you that Thank the guy you. that you I, said I, listen i looked at him and i was like oh our children would be so beautiful and but then i got to know him better i was like oh god but then i'd have to answer to you for years and so <laughs>
1: i'm, I, I'm <laughs> glad, <laughs> so glad it worked out for you yeah i dodged that bullet <laughs> yeah yeah yes. i i understand that for us it's it's so hard as actors it is because we have to put our careers on hold. Our bodies mm-hmm. are not available to do what yep. we want. And it's a, you know, it's also a really valid choice. I have a lot of friends that do not want to be moms. And I, mm. you know, and I understand your longing. And I, and I and I and I and I totally hear that. And I also feel like, you know, your your career has been so important and so big and that it's so valuable for for everything that you keep putting out in the world and you have more energy. Half of my energy is taken, you know. Seven years were hijacked from my life, from you know, from my children, especially yes. because of my son. I and mean, now my daughter still. I, I I make myself available, and I know it's a priority, and that's energy I'm taking out of my career. But I'm 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 very much at peace with that. That's that's something well, that I desired and wanted.
0: Yeah. Well, just so you know, I have six godchildren, and all I got to do is spend an afternoon with them or take them on an adventure, and it's like, Ooh, okay, I get my mother vibes but now yes. i want to talk about now giving um, them back yes i'm do. Now i, I do. Yep. Now I'm going on the weekend <laughs> um but you had a son mateo
1: mm-hmm.
0: and um he passed mm-hmm. away my
1: sunshine
0: mm-hmm. yes can you share that story mm-hmm. with us
1: i would love to um i'm always very proud of of, of my son and um i don't guarantee i won't cry because it's, also it's okay. a very emotional subject for me but um As I mentioned, I really wanted to be a mom and I had been waiting for a long time to be a mom and my husband and I got pregnant fairly quickly. And I had him when I was um, just about to turn 39, I was 38. And um, very quickly, something wasn't right. It was very difficult for him to latch on and feed. And out of four months, we got a diagnosis of him having a genetic condition called leukodystrophy. Leukodystrophy um, is really rare. It's a, it's a very rare affection of the myelin sheath. So basically it's like the, the white matter is not sending signals to the body to work properly. Mm. And, um, he was, he was deeply impacted. He was nonverbal. Um, he was non-mobile, but when I tell you he had a, a thousand watt smile, I'm, I'm, I'm not kidding. This is, this is him. And, um, he was just, um, he was just such a wise, deep, and loving child that really healed parts of my life that I would have never expected or 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 thought. Um, I was always very open with his about his condition on social media and and I think I was able to connect with so many other people that had children with disabilities, um whether they be genetic or autism or whatever special needs they have cerebral palsy going on and sort of highlight the, the beauty that these children bring into the world, their ability to, to exist, to be, um, and to show us different ways of being um, that are not focused simply on achievement, productivity, um, you know, winning, his 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 soul and his presence was was very difficult to resist when he left it was just like one of those things and um and losing him was very hard it was very hard um and so I put it all in a book it's called to heaven and back I wrote it in Spanish because because I I feel in Spanish (laughs) (laughs) and um it was published by penguin random house and 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 I've really loved connecting with so many other mothers and their stories through this. It's, it's been a huge blessing. And although it's hard, I also wouldn't change an iota of it. I'm I'm deeply proud not only of him, but also of the person that I've become through him.
0: I'm glad you had as much time as you did. It's really touching. Mm -hmm. And, um, Thank I'm you. glad that you weren't afraid to share that with mm. others because you know, we so many times as in in Hollywood and stuff like that, we're always taught that everything's supposed to be perfect and we have these perfect children and we take their pictures with them. And you know, the fact mm. that you were a caregiver and you sacrificed um years to love him. Mm-hmm. I, I commend mm. you for that.
1: Mm. Thank you. I I know it was a choice, and I know some people say, well. My God, you could have not done it. I don't feel I could have not done it. I feel like God put it in front of me so that I could fully experience what I was going to experience. And I knew I had to be a mom. I just didn't know it was going to be that hard. <laughs> but I know I knew it was part of my soul's journey, And I know it was his soul's journey. and the the deep sort of spiritual gain that you have from the proximity of death and the loss of a loved one are things that still carry me to this day deeper into self-acceptance, deeper into self-love, deeper into compassion as values that I want to embody every day in my life, even as I go back to my acting world and my work.
0: Did it make you afraid to have children again?
1: I think I'm very courageous. I'm a very courageous human being because while I was Mateo was still a baby, I, I told my husband we we need to give him a brother or a sister. And there was a 50% chance of actually 25% chance of it happening again. But I knew in my heart that my daughter was coming healthy and my husband trusted me. And so we got pregnant, naturally, no controlling. And there she is, six-year-old beauty. What's her name? Luna May.
0: Luna May. I love it. I love it. Now, did she get to know Mateo at at all? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he passed away when she was three and a half. Oh wow. When you lose a, a child, the the years that are thereafter are 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 difficult, are very difficult for your family unit, for all of us. And um, so not only did she experienced not having her brother anymore, but she also experienced the aftermath of his of his presence, not being with us physically anymore, because he's around all the time. I kid you not like I see him everywhere all the time and um and yeah so she 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 you know first day of school here she's like what do people want to share she brings a picture of her brother she's like this is my brother and he he's in heaven and (sighs) and it takes people aback with the 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 ease and, and 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 just the natural way that she brings him forth into her life because he's with us all the time as I'm sure you feel with your dad yeah
0: yeah wish, those wish... angels yeah they come through sometimes sometimes I'll look at my phone and uh either a picture of my dad comes up on my screensaver or something or I'll be home visiting my family and something will come up and I'm like oh hey dad you're passing through you know
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: so I don't have much more time with you so um I just want to talk about where you're at now because um, yeah. I so appreciate talking with you because you've touched me. I mean, you're just a really beautiful spirit.
1: So now thank you, you're, sweetheart. You're I feel the same way.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, such a cry, baby. I'm so sorry. No, don't apologize. I I like I said, I think that vulnerability and and, and courage and and connecting are the three most important things that we can do as human beings. So, so it's okay. Oh, makes i said i was gonna cry i didn't know that yeah, you know. were gonna
0: cry <laughs> because i love first of all i love children i do i love children and i just love how beautifully like you explained your journey and how grateful you were at the time that you did get to spend with him because you know you see children like not being taken care of and everything or yeah <sighs> yes. and just it just it just was this a beautiful story so
1: Thank i'm you. glad that you have
0: a, you a so book much. that you can You know, let other women know that if they have a child Mm -hmm. that has disabilities, that it's not a curse, that you approached it with love and compassion and you can, you know, give them some insights on that. So Mm -hmm. it just touched my heart. I love good people. I do. Mm -hmm. I do. I do. Because there's not a whole lot of Mm -hmm. them around nowadays. Okay, Mm -hmm. so let me get it together before I cry my lashes off. I thought I was going to cry to you about being about when I heard you were daddy's girl. I thought that that was going to happen, but it was Mateo. So Mateo, thank you. Came through here today. (laughs) So now you're working with your husband. Um, yes phyllis phyllis and on that you are guys are producing let's see how that goes together yeah <laughs> <laughs> we don't kill each other no, um sometimes it can be tough no. yeah but sometimes no, I mean, it can be
1: amazing you know no it's gonna be it's gonna be fun it's a comedy to start with so we have we're in the oh, right it should be okay. it should be it should be a lot of fun to make um i just finished a drama so i'm very happy to go into it oh i know it's a yeah. it's called lie to me like you mentioned and it's uh it's for amazon and um it's the story of of four couples we're a couple that um it's having trouble they don't have kids they're just like reaching that point of like becoming distant. they both have an affair and then it's sort of like they're rekindling of their relationship and how ah. they kind of get back to one another okay and, what was um, the name of that
0: what was the name of it again
1: don't lie, lie to, me. Oh. Me. No, oh, to me. Lie to me. No, lie to me. Lie to me. Oh, yeah, baby. Lie to me. Lie to me. Lied me. Because oh, it, you oh. know, the, the, the idea behind it is that we all lie a little bit. Or oh. it's like in our Instagram poses, of how we put a <laughs> uh, push up bra, or all the things we do. Just, oh. you know, all the little things we do to appear different than who we are or to better ourselves or to. You know, we just, you know, had a little affair on the side or did a little of this mm. and don't really, you know. So it's all the reasons and the things that and there's another couple that is more the comedy relief. And they're also go through a lot of adventures and 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 different kind of lies and presents themselves in ways that they're not really themselves. So it should be fun.
0: I love it. I wish you guys the best of luck on that. And then wait a minute. And then we have another one that uh, you uh, developed. Yes. This is not a love song.
1: Yes. Don't so this, about that. This answers a lot of my um, passion, like I mentioned, for feminism and sort of where the woman as women we stand. And it's a um, it's a it's a true story of a, about a woman called Tina Modotti. Um, she was I have her books here. She was an incredible photographer um, from the 20s that started with Edward Weston, who's the father of American photography and surpassed his talent lived in Mexico during the Cultural Revolution. Did you see that movie Frida Kahlo, Selma Hayek's Frida Kahlo?
0: No, Remember I did that not. Movie?
1: I love Selma I- Hayek. Okay, well she she has she has Tina in her in her story, Ashley Judd plays her. She's just an incredible Italian artist, a woman that wouldn't marry, that was very free, that was an artistic and social activist, and um and got crushed by the patriarchy, got, got really, mm. you know, punished for being such a free spirit at such mm-hmm. an early time ahead of her time. So I feel like it's a very timely story to tell, reflecting a little bit back on the pioneers women that have paved the way for us to feel and be the way that we are. Um, and I'm obsessed with her. I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. I've been obsessed <laughs> with her for 20 years. So I cannot wait to make that story. I love it. Last
0: question. Cause like I said, I'm yeah. running out of time with you and I so appreciate your time today. No What's problem. your hustle advice?
1: I think my hustle advice would be to really grant yourself permission to step back at times to Mm. be able to recenter yourself and come from who you truly are, your authentic self, because nobody's going to be quite like you. And if you're trying to be somebody else, you're barking off the wrong tree. So sometimes stepping back is the best hustle because you'll be coming from your center, your truth, your authentic self, and there is nothing more appealing than honesty and truth. And that that's what you can bring to life. That's your unique voice is what you can bring forth. And um, sometimes we're so afraid to step back because we're afraid of losing. You just want to go, go, go. Oh, yes. Sometimes to step back is, and then you can persevere and then you can kind of get back at it. Agree. Take a little step back is something yeah. very, very precious.
0: Kind of never lose your core, right? Because yeah, I finally now being a woman in my fifties, am finally comfortable in the skin I'm in, and I protect oh, yes, and I protect my peace at all costs. And if mm-hmm. that means losing something or losing someone, I'm okay with letting it go.
1: Yeah, yeah, that, I completely yeah. agree. Yeah.
0: Yep. Well, that leads us perfectly into today's hustle hack and today's hustle hack. We are going to dedicate it to the memory of Mateo hashtag (laughs) to heaven and back Mm darlings. Trust your gut. It's hard to take a stand when you have outside influences telling you to be this and to do this and to do that. Believe in yourself. Trust your gut. It's always going to lead you to the right place. It's okay to say no. It's okay to have seasons of shedding when there are people in your life that don't need to be there for you to have peace in your life. Protect your peace at all costs, darlings. Don't be afraid to stand up for you. I want to thank my beautiful, amazing Mm -hmm. guest, Leonore. Tell folks where they can find you on social media.
1: Thank you so much for having me here. It's been, it's been just truly a pleasure talking to you. And and thank you for granting me this space to share. I am mostly on Instagram at La underscore Leo Varela. I'm on Twitter at Leonor Varela. And I am on Facebook at I am dot Leo Varela. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I love that. I love that. We'll always be for, <laughs> forever connected to you.
1: Thank, thank
0: you so much for joining me today on Hustling thank you. with Vivica A. Fox. Darling, you can follow your girl at Miss Vivica Fox on Twitter, at Miss V. Fox on Instagram, and follow at Stage 29 Podcast too. Don't forget to follow, subscribe, review, download, and listen to Hustling with Vivica A. Fox available on Apple Podcasts or wherever you Want to listen. Until next time, darlings. Bye for now.
1: This has been a Stage 29 podcast production. The podcast is executive produced by Patty Ciano, LaFern Cusack, and Stephanie Kayson. Our audio editors are
0: Jackson Ruff and Jonathan DeMatti. Callie Kelts is the social media producer,
1: and a special thanks to the rest of our podcast crew: Rwani Horenigay, William Cusack, Lisa Clark, Katie Brown, and Morgan Kayler.
0: The Hustling with Vivica A. Fox podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and is not intended as a replacement or substitution for any professional medical, financial, legal, or other advice, diagnosis, or treatment. This podcast does not constitute the practice of medicine or any other professional service. The use of any information provided during the podcast is at the listener's own risk. For medical or other advice appropriate to your specific situation, please consult a physician or other trained professional.